You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, beautiful people I love. Today is a great day. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, Today, I'm actually going to continue and here's why you're failing because in the book, Think and Grow Rich, there are 30 reasons that he gave. And I think that I stopped last week at reason number 16. So I'm going to get through the rest of these. Uh, Let's see, before I start, is there anything that I want to update y'all on? Nothing that can't wait. So let me just get right into it, okay? So the last step that I left on was over caution. So we're going to move right into it. Number 17 is actually wrong selection of associates in business. I mentioned this because to me it was tied very closely to the wrong selection of a mate. A wrong selection of associates in business is really important. And what really had me thinking about this is because I do have another business and I have five business partners. And when it comes to making decisions, it's not just me by myself. I can't just say, okay, here's what's happening. This is how it's going to be. But I have to consider the insight, the input, and the perspective of everybody else. And then we have to make those decisions collectively. But what I come to realize is that two out of the six of us invest in high-ticket, high-level things. And so when we think pricing, we're at the higher end of the spectrum. Well, some of the other ones don't invest in that way. And so it looks to them like we are out of our minds, perhaps, right? So we have to figure out a way to work together. So what we started to do, like what we did just this last week, we're all reading the exact same book because our mindsets need to be um, cohesive. We need to have a cohesive mindset. It's not just about being able to, to provide services, but we also need to be thinking in a way that we're all moving cohesively towards the same goal, if that makes sense. So wrong selection of associates in business is huge because it says you emulate those people that you associate most closely. And typically, when you have more than one person, the person or the people who are the most solid or adamant about their positions usually end up being the influencers. So if you have business associates, just make sure that is you. Okay, so the next one is superstition and prejudice. And so he says superstition is a form of fear and it's also a sign of ignorance. Men who succeed keep open minds and are afraid of nothing. And so superstition in the way that he thinks it is almost like we were afraid of certain things. But superstition for the most part is, I mentioned this last week, giving power to things outside of yourself Right. And so you hold this belief in things outside of yourself to affect you in ways more so than than what your own efforts and beliefs do. Okay, so you got to watch that. 
And then also prejudice. A lot of times when we think of prejudice, we're thinking of racial prejudice, but prejudice is really preconceived notions about anything. A lot of times we have preconceived notions about things and so our minds are closed or we have preconceived notions and ideas about of the way things should be. And so it's a form of prejudice. So you want to watch that. Wrong selection of a vocation. He is of the belief that no man can succeed in a line or of endeavor which he does not like. So... This is where people say, oh, it's crazy to follow your passion because your passion doesn't always make money. So a lot of people find something that they can make money doing and they don't really care how they feel about it. I'm not that kind of person. I'm the person that my heart needs to be connected to what it is that I'm doing. And then I can throw myself into it wholeheartedly and This is kind of in line with what it is that he's saying. So if you're waking up, giving your time, energy, attention, mental resources, all that kind of thing to something that you don't even enjoy, money is the only thing that you're getting from it. Money in itself is usually not enough to fulfill you. So why not look at doing something that you absolutely Love. If you don't love what you do, it's not too late to figure out what you love and do that and figure out how to do that. There is no greater feeling than doing what you love, how you love it, with people that you love to do it with and to get paid for. It doesn't have to be one at the expense of the other. You don't have to be in a line of work that you absolutely hate just because it's paying the bills. But what happens is we've convinced ourselves that to do something that we love or that we feel passionate about, that it won't make money. And that's not necessarily true, okay? Lack of concentration of effort. And so this is when he's talking about the jack of all trades is seldom good at any one thing because you're scattered. And so he says, concentrate all of your efforts on one definite chief aim. Now, I can remember my coach telling me last year, year before last, Letitia, can you focus on just one thing for the next six months? And when I did it, my business actually went to a completely different level when I just focused on one thing until I monetize it in a greater way, until, you know, I I gave my energy, my heart, just, just all of my creative acumen to that one area. And you'd be surprised the results when you concentrate your effort in one direction. But what happens is the reason why we don't do this a lot of times is because we feel that by focusing on one thing, one service offering to one group of people to solve one problem, if you will, we feel that we're leaving money on the table. Well, my coach has taught me that by trying to not leave money on the table, you actually end up leaving money on the table because you're trying to do too many things for too many people. And you don't really make inroads or position yourself with the level of expertise or credibility that you could to solve a particular problem when you're all over the place trying to help everybody. Okay, so just give that some consideration. And it does not mean that you have to stay in this one thing. That does, You're not locked into doing one thing for the rest of your life. But if you can go in one direction, build it up, monetize it, do as much as you can with that one thing, and then add another thing, 
I think your efforts and your focus and your concentration will be so much better spent. There's times when my clients will bring things to me like, hey, my client just said last week, my assistant suggested that we do this or this or that. What do you think about that? And I said, let's put it in the idea parking lot because you just told me that you are really focused on doing this. So this, this, even though it's a great idea, at this point, it feels like a shiny object that will pull you out of the thing that you just feel like you got laser focused on. When you are a creative person and you have creative ideas, the ideas are not going to stop. It is up to you to harness your attention and discipline yourself so that you get something done. I said last week, it's very difficult to be a finisher in a world of starters. Starting is not difficult. Finishing something and completing something, it differentiates you because so few people can do that. Okay, the habit of indiscriminate spending. And so he says, the spend thrift can't succeed mainly because he stands eternally in fear of poverty. And so he's saying, systematically save, put aside a definite percentage of your income and create a foundation so you can build. And so when you spend everything that you have, then you're basically taking whatever it is that you're offered because you, you, don't, you don't have any leverage because you don't have any money. So indiscriminate spending is just spending frivolously, spending without a plan, spending without thinking through things, right? But on the other side of that coin, I find... People who are hoarders and people who save money and people who think that they're going to save their way into wealth, a lot of times it's coming from the same fear, the fear of loss. And so you have people who have money. They're afraid to invest it in anything. They're afraid to let go of the money because of fear. One of my clients, we were looking at their finances and they didn't even recognize how profitable they were. They were not making any investments in their business or doing any of those things. I was like one of the the first investments, but they didn't realize. In fact, they were the most profitable out of all of the clients that I work with. But that profitability came from a place of scarcity thinking and from a fear of losing it all. And so I said, now you have the opportunity to pivot and to make conscious choices and decisions about investing, not spending frivolously, but making investments in your business so that you can invalidate this fear that you're going to lose everything. Okay, lack of enthusiasm. Um... Listen, to me, this is very tied to a wrong selection of a vocation. If you don't give a damn about what you're going to do every day, you're not going to be enthusiastic about it. I was thinking about this morning. I woke up. I woke up like this. I woke up and I was ready to just bounce out of the bed. I was ready to bounce out of the bed because I have ideas and and things that I'm working on, training new coaches and that kind of thing. And I was so excited about doing it. I was, and I'm not a real excitable person, but I felt so enthusiastic about it. And so without enthusiasm, you you're not convincing anybody to do anything. Enthusiasm is infectious, it's contagious. And you would be surprised just like what your energy and what your enthusiasm can do for you. Okay, intolerance. This is this is tied to having a closed mind. And 
really when your mind is is closed you've kind of stopped acquiring knowledge and the most dangerous forms of intolerance are he's saying those connected with religious racial and political differences of opinions but here's here's the level of intolerance that people don't think about have you ever been talking to somebody or listening to somebody and you say i know that you you when the moment you say i know that you just shut your mind down to learning it in a different way to hearing it in a different way to hearing a different application of how you could use this knowledge now right when you say i know that sometimes we get so familiar with things that we don't realize that just because you've heard it 10 times this 11th time there might be a different epiphany or revelation that unfolds for you but the moment you say I know that you you just shut your mind down from receiving it you close your mind so a closed mind is very 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 expensive the one thing that I really love about myself is that my convictions and my values are very solid but my mind is open you don't have to believe like I believe you don't have to agree with me we don't have to have the same perspective two things can be true i can believe what i believe and there's room for your belief as well, right? And I can consider your belief and if it makes sense to me, I might shift my belief based on new information. I'm not intolerant in that way. And so what it allows me to do is to continue growing. So the thing that I believed 6 months ago, I might not believe now or I believe differently now. It's called growth. But if you're just like digging your heels in and this is just the way that it is, you do yourself a disservice. Okay, intemperance. (sighs) The most damaging forms of intemperance are connected with eating, strong drink, and sexual activities. Overindulgence in any of these is fatal to success. I was literally just having this conversation the other day. If you really want to differentiate yourself from a lot of people, not that people are your competitors, but stop eating so much or or eat differently. Put healthy things in your body that you know are going to lend themselves to you having mental clarity and focus and you feeling good. I know when I don't feel good, I'm not good. I feel like I'm just kind of, you know, just, just going along to get along. But if you notice, everything that we do when we gather around, it usually involves food, and drink. We eat and drink for everything. We eat and drink to celebrate. We eat and drink when people die. We eat and drink for every occasion. And so it's very easy to be overindulgent in it, especially when you are a business person because you're out networking and connecting with people and that kind of thing. But it doesn't mean that you still cannot have boundaries and some form of discipline with what it is that you're putting in your body. Sexual activities, listen, I'm going to leave that y'all. Inability to cooperate with others. Have you just ever met a person who was just not cooperative? Like a person that just, for, for whatever reason, just cannot work well with others? That in and of itself, I said this last week, you don't need everybody to like you, but you do need somebody to like you. You do need some form of collaboration with other people, some form of cooperative effort with other people 
just to help you move to places that you may, it either may take you a very long time to go or you just won't get there by yourself. Can I tell y'all how many doors have been open for me through other people? Doors, associations, relationships, referrals, opportunities that came through other people because we work together cooperatively, collaboratively. And so this is where you want to think about those parts of your personality that don't work well with others. I'm an introvert. I'm a loner. But I can do some very, very good peopling. I can collaborate with people. I can work well with other people because I understand that people are necessary for me to fulfill my path in life. Possession of power that was not acquired through self-effort. This is like looking at sons and daughters of wealthy men and people who inherit money or Anybody who didn't acquire something gradually, I can remember my my former pastor saying like, when you get things too quickly, you lose them too quickly. And so he's saying quick riches are more dangerous than poverty. We see this a lot with celebrities, with athletes, that people go from rags to riches literally overnight through signing a deal or through doing something like that. And it didn't happen gradually. And a lot of times their minds cannot handle the shift so quickly. I've heard Mike Tyson talking about this. I've heard DMX talking about this. I've heard countless people. And so that's why you see like the people sometimes that are at the top tiers of earning that got it that way where it didn't necessarily happen gradually. A lot of times they end up losing it or uh, a lot of times it ends up positioning them in such a way so that they have mental challenges or they end up on drugs or all these other things. Is that everybody? No. But a lot of times we need to build things gradually. It doesn't mean that it has to take a very long time. But if you're not growing into the person that you need to grow into, quick riches a lot of times will be your demise because money amplifies who you already are. And if you are an asshole, if you are a person who is still traumatized and hasn't done any degree of healing work, money will amplify who you are. Money will increase your options. Money can work against you in the sense that you have people around you that won't tell you the truth because they want to, don't want to lose that position in your life, okay? So the next one is intentional dishonesty. He says, one may be temporarily dishonest by force of circumstances over which you have no control, but there is no hope for the person who is dishonest by choice. You know, listen, I always tell people, when you are a liar, when you are a compulsive liar, people probably don't necessarily confront you about lying or about your dishonesty, but never think that people are so stupid and that are they are not discerning so that they don't know when you are not telling them the truth. Most people just don't like confrontation, and so they'll just talk about you behind your back, right? But listen, the the to me, I'm drawn to people who are truthful and transparent. It doesn't you don't have to paint a pretty picture for me. Tell me the truth and I can rock with it. But if you're intentionally dishonest about this or about that, now it makes me question all of the things. It, it makes me question just our entire connection because I don't know where you've told the truth to.
works out for you. I honestly think being intentionally dishonest, it just sets you up for a whole lot of unnecessary stress. But what I find is that people who are the most dishonest have the worst memories. At least if you're going to be a dishonest person, have a good memory so you can keep up with the stuff that you're saying. The one thing about me is that I will remember something somebody told me 17 years ago down to the detail because when my attention is focused on something that you're saying, I just naturally store it because I'm I'm just present and I'm invested. And so I connect patterns and I'm just like, hold on, that's not what you said um, in 2005, right? So we don't have to lie. We can be truthful and we can be honest. Okay, the next one is egotism and vanity. Egotism and vanity, basically, he said they're fatal to success. Basically, you have an overinflated opinion of yourself. And usually where I find egotism and a lot of vanity, it's usually the opposite. The overinflated opinion of yourself is usually to mask self-hatred, low self-esteem, low self-worth, or something that you don't want people to find out about. And so you have this air of superiority as if you're better than. And so this has to become the persona that you have to keep people away from who you truly are. But it's just not going to work for you long-term, okay? Guessing instead of thinking. Most people are too indifferent or lazy to acquire facts so that you can think accurately. And so when you won't acquire facts, you're going on your gut. Do you know how many things are in your gut? Like people say, always follow your gut. No, your gut is a lot of times based on your experiences. So sometimes you are projecting based on your gut and you're not using the facts. Sometimes, like I have had so many conversations with my clients where they're saying, I just feel like this is the way that I should go. And I say, okay, well, let's look at the facts. The data says otherwise. Like people have built entire marketing campaigns based on what it is that they feel. And I said, let's look at the data. The data says this. So when you use facts, you can think accurately, right? But uh, but some people just, you know, you just operate on whims. And so you act on opinions or you act on snap judgments and you form conclusions based on those snap judgments. And a lot of times you do yourself a real disservice. When you have data, you can make so many more informed decisions when you are looking at the data, but it takes discipline and it takes diligence to actually get data and to acquire facts. And so we just we just go along with how we feel. I don't know about you, but I might feel 10 different ways about something in the same day. So if I just go by how I feel, how inconsistent is that? But the more you can acquire facts and make factual decisions, the more accurate your decisions would be. Now, that's not to say that how you feel is not important, but how you feel should not be the only basis by which you make your decisions because your feelings are not always true. Well, your feelings are not always factual. Let's put it that way. They're true, but they're not always factual. Okay, lack of capital. This is a common cause of failure, especially for people that are new in business. So what I find is that people that are new in business, they don't know a lot about business. Hell, people that are established in business don't educate themselves about the things of business. And so you're running a business. You don't know anything about numbers. You don't know anything about 
like laying a solid foundation for your business. And so anything that you're building that doesn't have a solid foundation is subject to what? Subject to fold. So why create a thing and then you don't have a solid foundation and then the thing fails and now you got to rebuild? Listen, things don't go wrong. They start wrong. Build it from scratch. Build it on a solid foundation even if it takes you longer. Learn how to get capital for your business so that you are not constantly using your personal resources to grow a business when there's other resources available for you. And quite honestly, lack of capital and access to capital is why so many businesses fail. I can't tell y'all how many times I work with people And I'm just like, tell me about your personal credit. Well, my personal credit is shot to shit because they used it, used their personal credit, their personal credit cards, all of their personal resources to fund their businesses without a solid plan to create revenue, right? So you want to be an informed business owner. I don't care how small or how great your business is. There is capital available in the form of business credit, but you need to get your personal credit together. There are resources that are available to you as a business owner. I'm not talking about grants, but there are resources and capital and access to things that are available to you as a resource. And it's your job to acquire the facts and acquire information so you can operate in a more excellent way. Okay? So anyway, I think I think that I think that was all of them. So remember. A recap from last week. I am not calling you a failure. I can see so many things that I have done on this list because you fail at something or because you missed the mark on something. Please don't internalize this and make you yourself a failure. In fact, the thing that I was thinking about uh, last week or just a few days ago is that sometimes we ruminate over things, we mull over things, and we spend so much time wondering why we're here, wondering why we do the things we do, cycling through, I just can't figure this out, just kind of like going through a maze in our minds as opposed to doing something different. Okay, maybe you know why you do the things you do. Maybe you don't, but nothing stops you from making a new decision so that you don't have to stay here. What is so familiar and attractive to you about staying here that you're willing to do so? Like, if if you're What's in front of you, your vision, your desire is not compelling enough to move you out of this place, to call you out of this place, to invite you to be a higher and better version of yourself. You need to get to work on your vision because your vision is not big enough. If your vision does not call you out of and into, it's not big enough. Okay? Because listen, I have I was talking to somebody. And I can remember us having a conversation around 2016 or 2017. And they just told me what they're about to start doing. And it sounded like we're we're having the exact same conversation that we had. That is a person who is operating without a life vision. It doesn't have to be business. It could be the, the vision for your business, for your life, for your marriage, for your body, for your health. If it's not compelling enough to move you forward, to invite you up and out of all of the things, the adversity, the challenges, it's not big enough. I would say go from there, right? Because you will keep cycling through these things and failing through these things and not get to the other side because failure feels familiar. Cycles feel familiar. But what we want is to graduate to new problems. I have at least... 
10 new, I don't even want to say problems, 10 new challenges in front of me right now. And you know why I have those things? Because I made some decisions and I graduated. So the same little shits that was getting me hung up before I graduated from those, no sense of me looking backwards, making monuments to those things. I have new challenges that now I can put my creative effort, my problem-solving ability to. And, And life is all about advancement and growing. Remember, we're either growing or dying. So a lot of us are dying in situations that we don't have to die in. We don't have to die in. We don't have to die in mediocrity. We don't have to die in the fact that we made some decisions that caused us to fail, that caused us to miss the mark, when we can use today, the present moment, the time, energy, attention that we have right now to make new decisions. You still have time. You still have the ability to do this. Me and daughter, the last thing I'll say, we were just having this conversation today and she's like, mom, I just don't understand how people are okay with not getting on the other side of their situation, with not getting on the other side and seeing what's possible. And that's tied to what I'm saying. There's not a compelling enough vision to invite you on the other side. Regardless of what price you have to pay to get there, it's more comfortable to stay where you are, even if it's a place that you hate. Make that make sense. You always have the ability to do something different. Why not do it today? I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. 